O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We pray you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word, we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you through my own fault, in thought, word, and deed, for the sake of the suffering, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me, forgive me all my sin, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen. Today is the minor festival of St. James the Elder Apostle. The first lesson is recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 11, beginning at verse 27 through chapter 12, verse 3. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. Here ends the first lesson. The epistle is recorded in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 39. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, 
nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here ends the epistle lesson. The Holy Gospel is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter, beginning at the 20th verse. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with their sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God be praised for his glad tidings.
Let us pray. O Lord, help my faith to accept your plan for my life and not to stand in its way by my sins. I pray in my dear Savior's name. Amen. Our sermon text is recorded in Romans chapter 8. Let us hear again verses 28 through 30 in Jesus' name. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified dear fellow redeemed. A shipwrecked man managed to reach an uninhabited island, there to protect himself against the elements and to safeguard the few possessions he had salvaged. He painstakingly built a little hut from which he constantly and prayerfully scanned the horizon for the approach of a ship. Returning one evening after a search for food, he was terrified to find the hut completely enveloped in flames. Yet by divine mercy, this affliction was changed into a mighty advantage. Early the following morning, he awoke to find a ship anchored off the island. When the captain stepped ashore, he explained, we saw your smoke signal and came. Everything the maroon man owned had to be destroyed before he could be rescued. This story illustrates that all things work together for our good. There was nothing this man could do to save himself. He exhausted all his resources. His situation was out of his hands. Although it looked as though circumstances were all working against him, a rescue was provided from outside himself. This is the message of our text today. All things work together for our good in God's plan of salvation, and in God's work of preservation. All things work together for our good in God's plan of salvation. We know that all things work together for good. Of whom is Paul speaking? For whom is this true? When Paul says things will work out for the good of those who love God, that tends to make us uneasy. We immediately ask ourselves whether we love God enough to fit into such a category. But the apostle at once sets our hearts at ease when he points out that in all of this, it is not what we do, but what God has done for us that makes all the difference. All things work together for good to those who are the called according to his purpose. Believers in Christ should rest assured that everything regarding our salvation has been taken care of by a gracious God. From eternity, he has been active in our salvation. Paul lines up a chain of events, a plan of salvation that all fits together so that all things work together for our good. The first link in the chain is that he has foreknown us. The Greek word foreknow here means intimate knowledge, gained by personal experience, and indicates approval and acceptance of the thing or person known. 
the opposite of this is seen in Jesus' words to false teachers in Matthew 7. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus is not saying that he was unaware of the false teacher's activity. He knew what they were teaching. The point is that he did not know the false teachers personally because they were not his own. Exactly the opposite is true of those whom God knows with approval and acceptance through Christ. They are his own, his chosen ones. This brings us to the second link of the chain. He has predestined us. The letter to Ephesians tells us that predestination means God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We have been chosen by God, not because of our worthiness or any goodness in us, but because of his grace, his undeserved love for us in Christ. What was God's purpose in choosing us? Paul says, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us, making us holy, restoring Christ's image in us. From eternity, God chose us to share in the blessing of his Son. As we also read in Ephesians, God predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. In order to bring that about, he called us in time on earth. In baptism, God calls us by his gospel and makes us his children. At the baptismal font, he first called us by name. By water, word, and spirit, he placed his name upon us, and we are born again. God the Father himself plunged us by baptism into the death and resurrection of his own Son. Now dead to sin and alive to God, we have Christ's own life within us. He has justified us. Through the means of grace, the Holy Spirit works faith in our hearts so that God credits us personally with the righteousness of Christ. The last link in the chain is that whom he justified, these he also glorified. As those who believe in Christ, justified and secure under the protecting care of a gracious God, we are already sharing God's glory. On the last day, when Christ returns to take us to heaven, he will transform our lowly body, that it might be conformed to his glorious body. In heaven, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. God has done everything necessary for our salvation. In his mercy, he foreknew us, predestined us, called us, justified us and glorified us. In God's plan of salvation, all things work together for our good, since God has taken care of our greatest need, our need for salvation. He also promises to take care of all other needs in this life as well, all for our eternal good. All things work together for our good in God's work of preservation. This means that God sees that I get whatever I need. While we might be wondering where our next meal will come from, living paycheck to paycheck, Jesus tells us, do not worry, 
saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This verse reminds us to have our priorities in order. We are to use the gifts and talents God has given us to make a living and are to work for what we have. But we are also to give God first place in our lives. Luther reminds us in the Catechism that God richly and daily provides me with food and clothing, home and family, property and goods, and all that I need to support this body and life. God's work of preservation also means that he will let no foe prevail over me. God promises in the Psalms, if you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, nor disaster will come near your tent. With Luther, we confess in the Catechism that God protects me from all danger, guards and keeps me from all evil. All this sounds well and good, but sooner or later a time comes in all of our lives where we're just plain up against it. A time when, despite our best foot forward and a good stiff upper lip, we keep stumbling and sliding deeper into a gloomy pit of despair. Is it really possible to say confidently, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God? Our hearts want to say yes and amen. It's just that the little words, all things, stick in our throats. Can it really be that all things work together for our good when often what comes our way hurts a lot? How can ill health, loss of possessions, and other um, kinds of disaster possibly work together for our good? Our old Adam simply cannot understand this. He can't understand how calamities in life can serve to draw us closer to God and to refine our faith. He can't understand how afflictions, or what he would be inclined to call bad luck, can draw us away from the world and lead us to a richer prayer life and a stronger reliance on God. He can't possibly understand how trials and temptations uncover the evil in our heart, and at the same time make the faithfulness of a loving and gracious God stand out like the sun in a clear sky. Suffering, worry, and danger afflict us so that we may sometimes wonder if God hears us. What do we do then? We would do well to look through the clear lens of God's word rather than relying on the distortions of human emotion. We can rarely trust our feelings, but we can always trust God's word. In God's word, we are promised that all things, without exception, will be turned by the power of God to make blessings come to the believer. St. Augustine once wrote, So good is God that he would permit no evil to be if he were not able to bring some good out of every evil. God's eye is not merely on temporal benefits, but our eternal good, the glorification of our soul and body in heaven. Hear these passages from God's word. 
that tell us that God brings some blessing for us, even out of the most painful experiences. The psalmist prays, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Paul writes in the same letter to the Romans, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. The writer to the Hebrews says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. In view of this, and with Christ's redeeming sacrifice as the perfect background, we share Paul's complete confidence. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. It is this confidence that not only makes life bearable for us, but also provides us with a cheerful outlook. After all, God is on our side. Our hopes for this life and for eternity have a solid basis. Their fulfillment does not depend on our feeble groping efforts. God himself has taken the matter in hand. We are secure no matter what. At the beginning of the automobile assembly line, an ugly piece of metal is forcefully attached to another piece of equally unattractive steel. Looking at these raw materials, which seem to be haphazardly thrown together, you wouldn't realize that the end result would be something beautiful, with every part having a purpose. Only by seeing the final product, a brand new car, does the beginning of the process make sense. In his eternal counsels, God has prepared a blueprint for each one of us. Called according to his purpose means that our lives fit into his master plan. Right now, the assembly line of our lives is a work in progress. The master planner is closely watching that assembly and is making sure that everything fits together perfectly piece by piece and step by step. The assembly line of our lives does not end until we cross the threshold of heaven. The finished product is life, totally perfected in every way, eternal happiness. By faith, we know what that finished product will be, even though our eyes have never seen it. As Paul says, we live by faith and not by sight. What a comfort to know that God has a plan for our lives and that we have been called according to his purpose. With that understanding, it is much easier to accept our troubles and bear with our tears. They are part of God's marvelous plan for us. We can't see the finished product now, but we know that it will be perfect and beautiful in heaven. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. O oh God, you have brought us, your people, into the city and holy mountain of your church. Rejoicing in your judgments and promises, we come before you boldly with our petitions through the merits and mediation of Christ, our righteousness, who sits at your right hand. Lord God, you send out your word so that all people may obtain faith in your Son, 
Send out faithful preachers who run tirelessly with your word and make known your good and gracious will. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in holy baptism, you adopted us in him and gave us your spirit. Keep us in our baptism. Bring it to our remembrance every day. Let it be for us a constant source of comfort and confidence in times of suffering with hope for the eternal inheritance you have prepared for us in Christ. God of all nations, direct and defend all who make, administer, and judge our laws. Bless and protect our soldiers, police, and all who work to keep our community safe. Keep us all from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogance, and from every evil course of action. Teach us to grow in virtue and live in peace with everyone. Merciful God, you are a fortress to your people. In your temple, we think on your steadfast love in Christ. Hear us on behalf all of all who need healing, strength, and comfort. Defend them from the attacks of the evil one and cause them to join in, our, in your praise. Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Good Shepherd, you care for your flock in this world. Direct, bless, and defend all pastors as they care for the church, which Christ obtained with his own blood. Strengthen them as faithful shepherds and overseers, especially as they feed your flock the very body and blood of Christ, that there would be no division among your sheep, but that all would be united by your truth. God of truth, protect your flock from the wolves that seek to mislead and devour the sheep through their false teaching. Give us discernment to test them against your word, so and so recognize false prophets by their bad fruit. Preserve your church in the pure doctrine of your word, that the good fruit of salvation would be offered to all who hear and believe. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen. Thank you.